Hello everyone, welcome to episode, uh, God only knows, of Midweek Metagame. Uh, I'm Patrick Robertson, uh, joined as always by Gab Nassif. Hey Pat. Hi, hi Gab. Hi viewers. Uh, no Harry this evening. Uh, uh, don't know what Harry's doing at the moment, but that's fine. You know, Gab and I are going to kind of, you know, freeform while we sort things out. And, you know, we've got a kind of interesting episode planned today. We're kind of going to touch a bit on mod and what Gab's been up to. Bit of Pioneer. And then we're going to go and kind of do it, not, a, not so much a beginner's guide, but an introduction to the standard format, which is the upcoming form, upcoming, uh, format for the RC, the regional, regional championships, not the RCQ, but the, re- the regional championships, which, uh, coming up in about two or three weeks. Is that right, Gab? Yeah. Some actually this weekend. Oh, really? Australia. And I know Manoa, who's from South Korea, is playing his. Uh, your Australian buddies are playing theirs. Ah, I didn't realize it was the RC. I thought they had. I thought it was just a kind of local event going on. But yeah, okay, great. Mine is in uh, a week, next week, not this weekend, but the one right, after. Okay. And then I think the US one is a bit after that. All right, fantastic. Well, before we get into things, uh, we should say that that podcast is brought to you by the Patreons. Uh, shout out to everyone who stuck with us over the last kind of like you know irregular schedule the last couple of months. Uh, thanks for you know the contributions and the faith, and thanks for everyone who's just listening along anyway as well. Uh, so why don't we get into it, Gab? You've been playing a lot of walls in modern. Uh, it's been quite shameful to watch from afar, but I'm here. You've been enjoying yourself and doing quite well. So why don't you tell me what's been going on? Yeah, still same Arcades list with a bunch of walls, Ice Fangs to Fairy, and. Honestly, every time I play this deck, I just win. Whether it's prelims, pretty much always go 3-1 or 4-0. I played it in the Mana Traders um, February finals. I was invited as the bounty, so whoever beat me got 50 bucks on top of everything. And I almost made top 8. I lost the last round to finish 6-3. and three. It's unclear if I would have made it on Breakers, but the deck's just been solid. I tried Elish Norn to see if that card would be good in the deck. And I played, I think I tried it as a one-off in one league and I was like, that's not enough. I just, so I think the next league or prelim, I just put two in the main and two in the sideboard <laughs> to draw it a lot. So can, can you clarify, this is the, this is the five mana Elash Norn from the, the latest set, which kind of doubles into the blade, into the battlefield triggers and then uh, stops their, your opponent's ones from happening, right? Yeah, so the logic is you have a ton of ETBs and it's solid and modern because people are playing archons and bindings and yeah. good against you know, solitude a bunch of well, others. Right? Solitude, uh, the the elementals. It dodges most of the removal, if mm. not all the removal. Well, I re- found really, it, it's a mirror breaker, though, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it's insane in the mirror, I guess. <laughs> um, and I, I just limited, obviously, sample, small sample, but I found it to be basically worse than Arcades, too expensive. And one thing I didn't realize is that against creativity, they can just target it with their creativity. Mm. I was like, oh, they can, can't do anything once it's in play. They only have mana leak. But no, they can just creativity, which is, you know, still has, means they have to play one more, means you get a creature that could be the difference between winning and losing, you know, get that extra wall that you sack to Archon, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that used to be the kind of tech against Grafticus Cage as well with creativity. Yeah. It might be good against Omnath, which is one of your tough matchups. So it might not be awful, but I think it's worse than Arcades overall and not not that great. Maybe it's good against Titan, but I could see it being just a turn too slow against Titan. You know, five mana is a lot. So if you're if you're not ramping into it, 
um, I, I don't I don't love it. But um, yeah, the deck the deck was good for me again. I lost some a really close last match against Jeskai Breach. I think maybe I, I punted. Deck could still use a, a, a tiny bit of tuning, but if you're looking for a fun deck to play, I still kind of recommend the deck. It's it's been strong for me. Um, quick what, matchup breakdown. I was gonna three. ask you what are, what are the good matchups? Yeah, it, it's really bad against blue white control. It's pretty tough against Omnath decks. Pretty tough against creativity, but if you have a couple Orvars in your sideboard, that can actually help. Whereas the Omnath matchup is more structural. They have Ren, Teferi, Omnath. Just all their cards are kind of good against you. You can still beat them at its stuff. And it's pretty bad against Modern Green Tron. You can play more Vidalcan Plotters to steal their Tron land. That's the free mana 1-1 one, one that switches lands, trades lands. The dream is to give them Flooded Strand so they can't fetch anything because they just have basic forest and take their Tron land. Um, you can play more subtleties. I think Titans, like, kind of close. I think it's pretty good against Rhinos, pretty good against Hammer Time, pretty good against all the blue-red decks, whether it's Straight up Murktide or the, the Breach deck. I was playing one rest in peace in my main deck. Um, so yeah, that's kind of roughly the the, the 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 breakdown for the matchup. So you know, Hammer Time, Murktide, Rhinos, all solidly tier one or close. Um, the the tough matchups are more on the tier two side. So if mm. if if your meta is full of the tier one decks, it, it's a decent choice. Honestly, I think I think that's maybe why I do well in in the prelims and uh, mana traders because you know may maybe not not as much tron and blue white and more of the decent matchups yeah right so yeah people turning up at these kind of premier level or premierish events and uh, playing tier one decks and yeah i've definitely seen that seen it look like it's feasting on people trying to cast murktide regent and stuff like that oh one matchup that went from decent to really bad once again it's like sample size of one is the mill matchup they got chase and that matchup used to be like pretty bad game one, but after sideboard between Emrakul and Endurance, you kind of turn it around. And I think Jace probably makes your life hell. You can't end it. You could add a force color to fetch four to be able to end for four, but I think Jace maybe pushes it over the top. You know, That's interesting. Uh, that was a card that I liked in the spoiler season. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. I mean, I did say it was probably okay in, in mail, but I will say even for mail, I was a little skeptical. But yeah. Um, kind of the deck struggles in general against Planeswalkers because you're not very good at attacking them. You have yeah, just well, you ending. have like O4s, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, that that's for modern. And then I didn't play Pioneer, but you know, I think blue black control might be in a, a decent spot if Ragdos is not as popular and Monogreen's not as popular after doing poorly yeah. at the Pro Tour. Yeah, right. Once we again, didn't we didn't actually get a chance to talk because uh, I was on I wasn't on the last episode from the from the Pro Tour breakdown. And uh, yeah, first of all, I just want to say congratulations. Well done. It was uh, it was great to, great to see you, you do well thanks. and see see Reed do well as well. But yeah, obviously this creativity deck probably had a pretty big influence on the metagame and uh, finding ways to learn how to attack it now is yeah, blue black scene is pretty well positioned to do that. Do so. Yeah, not just creativity. If you if you take, you know, if you take the top eight of the pro tours as your meta game, so creativity, lotus, incarnation, even mono white's not that bad, and, and boggles, you'd be thrilled to play blue black with start season or set. You even have edicts for boggles, yeah. extinction event. It's it's actually a dream meta. No ragdos, <laughs> no mono green. Um, and even Ragdos and Monogreen, it's not like it's unwinnable. It's pretty tough. Green, green Shoda's Ragdos list was uh, was pretty wild as well. I really liked it. He just had all these mutavolts. 
yeah, pretty aggro, right? He had Mutavolts and a bunch of Liliana and the rest in the main. Yeah, a little different. Yeah, I actually really like his take on it. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Mutavolts, one of my favorite magic cards. So. Yeah. Yeah, me, me and Shodak and could have kind of, we didn't, but we could have commiserated on our bad matchups in the quarters. He got his worst matchup. He played against a four-color en- enigmatic incarnation. Yeah, deck, right? I think he got swept, and I got the the bad matchup too, I think, Auras. I didn't want to play against Auras, and I didn't want to play against Reed in the quarters. And even though Reed beat beat him in the finals, I think it was I think it was a bad matchup. And, you know, yeah, it's so just Benton think- mulliganing a lot. Yeah, I mean, I watch you. I watch you lose. We get lose against them in the Swiss, and uh, they only have one hexproof creature, right? From memory, like hexproof one drop. Yeah, they have a four of hexproof glade scout. Don't glade cover scout. Drop. Yeah, right. You can yeah, play the the two on for two. The archer that's double green. That's hexproof. But Benton wasn't playing that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it just seems like yeah, against Reed, you know, he was just like diving and mulliganing for it aggressively and just didn't get there and so the games weren't didn't look particularly close but anytime he would open with that card it was pretty disastrous for you guys yeah that's interesting i think i'm gonna go back and watch the finals i didn't really take a good look at the opening hands i'm people have been saying that i'm curious if you how aggressively he was mulliganing because he had he had a six that looked very 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 functional twice i think and was just no and then wound up on four cards or something like that in fact he he molded a five that looked like it was functional and That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he he played the matchup way more. His team oh, tested the matchup yeah. a lot. But when we were playing the games against Reed, I was keeping. You know, we played four games before his finals. I was just keeping six or seven cards in hand. Was just, you know, two or three creatures, two or three lands, and two, you know, one or two auras. And I thought that was you know fine keeps and make him have it. It's it's not trivial for him to settle the rules. Yeah. Right. I mean. I guess I guess your deck didn't have very many sideboard cards in the matchup, so you you wound up keeping in you know, having to keep in stuff like fiery impulse or whatnot. Not that you actually want to take that card out because you know the powers in SRAM and light pours and stuff like that. As well, you can't really just cut all your removal spells. But yeah, yeah. I wonder if he just if Benton just thought maybe the matchup was worse or tougher than it actually was, and he thought he needed to to have scout and it was worth it to mulligan to scout but i, I don't yeah. i don't know if that's true yeah i i don't have a good feel for what it was actually like and, and given that he you know he beat you in the swiss and he probably did he play he, did, he beat three well? in the swiss he beat me in limited he beat you in limited okay right he, yeah because i remember watching him playing his creativity in the swiss yeah so he had he had, he'd, he'd beaten creativity twice i would it's strange that he might kind of like suddenly think it's bad matchup but you know they, they'll come to their own conclusions yeah right and obviously yeah he was far, far, far more practiced in that deck than than you, you or I were. Anyway, it was. Uh, you're definitely right. I think Blue Black's in a in a pretty decent spot, and also it's a pleasure to play. So, yeah, yeah. If you got a Pioneer tournament coming up, which I think the current round of RCQs is actually Pioneer. I can't quite figure out what's what season we're in. At the no, moment. I think RCQ is kind of whatever the store wants. Oh, are they? Okay, I thought they actually. I thought they turned. Maybe it into not. A... I for, I forget. You might be right that they say it had to be either limited or in the one-off constructed format. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, Pioneer's probably coming back around again soon, and maybe the metal game will still be in the roughly the same spot where we can keep playing blue black because that was a yeah that, that that was a sweet deck and probably your probably your second choice for the the PT if I'm if I'm right. Mm, well, it was my first choice. I was hoping it would be my first choice and I played, but. The it's day cool, before right? the PT, if you told me like, oh, you can't register creativity, what do you have to register? 
Oh, that would have been a tough one. Yeah. Um, maybe just, yeah, maybe just go back to blue-black. Yeah. Anyway, you've got a, you've got a big tournament coming up in a week's time, and it's a format yeah. that we've basically neglected on this podcast for a very long time. Uh, you know, we were kind of allergic to arena for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But, and also allergic to standard. I mean, standard hasn't been in a, you know, it hasn't been the most popular format for quite a while now. And, but it is the format of the upcoming RC. And despite the fact that you qualify for every pro tour going forward now, it's still the tournament you're going to, you got, you're turning up at and hoping to do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. Um, there's, um, you know, less pressure now that I, I made top it to the pro, at the pro tour. So I'm qualified for world. I'm qualified to, for the last two pro tours of the season. So I even considered not, not going, but I had fun in Sofia. And the prize money is still pretty decent, you know, I think $2,000 for top 16. Yeah. Um, good practice for the Pro Tour. That's going to be standard. So you've got, you know, this this tournament. I think the same weekend on Arena, there's the standard qualifier for the Arena Championships. You've got the Pro Tour in standard, even though there'll be a new set. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I guess, you know, for those of us, who haven't been keeping completely abrasive standard? Why don't we kind of go through what you know, what the format revolves around, and what what the kind of contenders are to the throne? I, I guess even from you know from the surface level, people are probably aware of the idea that red and black cards are pretty damn powerful. Uh, the the format's really you know revolves around cards like uh, uh, Fable the Mirror Breaker, and then. Was it what's the, what's the name of the, the red black three drop three two? The blood, harvester, harvester blood, blood, yeah, blood, blood, blood something blood tithe harvester. Thank you. Yeah, I just I knew I, I know it, but the name just escaped me. So yeah, I think standard. You know, you could argue the two best cards are Fable of the Mayor Breaker and Bankbuster. I reckon a Bankbuster. Okay. Yeah, and I guess the deck to beat is probably still Grixis. I think before the new set, it was. By far the best deck. Last time I played Standard, I was just playing Grixis. It was really good. It was, you know, I, I enjoyed the mirrors. I thought once you knew what was going on, you you were okay against the white mid-range decks that was supposed to kind of like prey on, on the Grixis. And I think you were pretty good against Esper. Grixis didn't really get any very good new cards. They got better lands. They got the fast lands, but the, the white cards got better. White has... Ossification as a removal, which is pretty cool because you can take the Fable token and then you have that enchantment chilling ready to be sacked to invoke despair. You've got one funny interaction that's come up that's not obvious at first is the way I like to sideboard against these white metering checks was to bring in a bunch of Siphon Insights, steal their cards, card advantage, play the counter game. And now you have to be a little careful because if you steal an AO, um, you know, if you steal one of their big creatures, they can cast a wonder or the new six minute planeswalker, blank the creature and they get it back. So that can be really nasty. Another thing they can do is, let's say you steal one of their planeswalkers, they cast ossification on it. And all of a sudden you can't really cast invoke this for anymore because then they mm. just sag the ossification and they get back their planeswalker. So I, I'm not sure if you're still supposed to bring them in. Maybe you just bring them in and you're just more careful, you know, you're just, take lands more or you take cards like bangbuster cards that they can't like kind of get back easily yeah. 
but but essentially the format's still uh, kind of everything's going to geared up for this mid-range fight right so people you know lots of there's lots of main deck wrecking the bangbusters um there's lots of card advantage in these Grixis decks, and so everyone else is trying to like you know, match in that way. No one's trying to go under you, right? There's, uh, I've, I know that Blue White Soldiers is a is, is a pr- relatively popular deck online. It did it did okay in the challenges over the weekend. People is that are deck, trying. Is that yeah. deck trying to like just you know kind of grind in the mid game, uh, but puts the pressure on, or is it really just trying to get under and go wide or go wide? It can do both. It can have some pretty fast draws. It also has some decent value creatures. It has the blue free drop that. You know, draws you cards, gets tokens when it attacks. It has the lands too. You get to play a great mana base with the the factories as well as the land that pumps. Um, you know, you can board it into more counters. You can play the the, the two one flash flying that saves one of your creatures, kind of bounces back a creature. You can play maybe the guardian card is still legal, the free two for white white one flash that phases other creatures. So it's got some game to it. Um, people have also been playing Mono Red to, to beat Grixis. The, the Mono Red deck is, is decent. So Grixis in, is that, in that spot where, you know, if you want to be the best in the mirror, you probably don't want to have too many cards like Cutdown. And Shieldred is also very mediocre in the mirror. Um, even more so now because Go Photo Throat's going up in value because people are trying to put a track sign to play. No, we'll, so, we'll get to a track sign later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Grixis, you know, if, if you go too light on cutdowns, too light on shield red, uh, you know, if you decide to not play any sweepers like Brotherhood Zen or Gix Command in your main deck, then you can definitely, you know, lose lose game once to decks like Soldiers yeah. and, and Monorides. Yeah, I was definitely going to ask about Brother, Brotherhood Zen because, you know, one of the things that you know, seems pretty, you know, pretty important in the mirror match from the Grixis' point of view is to keep the, their bangbusters under control, and so your your options are essentially a braid and Brotherhood's end, and so you know, you obviously want to be cutting skimping on on uh, on cutdowns, but you know I've I've seen seen a bunch of lists at least two or maybe even three Brotherhood's end, and that seems like you're playing soldiers into a field of people who are just going to play incidental main deck sweepers, three mana sweepers is pretty pretty tough game. Yeah, I I hate that card, but it, I guess it's fine. You know, you do get in in spots against Grixis where you fall behind, and a, a sweeper can be good. You know, kill their their flip fable, their token, their corpse. And I will say, I, I would I don't know I've I would be scared to play a deck in open deck lists like soldiers because. People know to to mulligan to mm. to early interaction and honestly most lists it, it wouldn't necessarily be my first choice. I don't know how I would build Grixis right now. Um, you know I do have a build and um, m- most lists of Grixis I've seen they're still respecting you know Agra like most lists I see have one or two cutdowns in the main, usually one Brotherhood's end, still a couple Shield Dreads. You know if it was it was up to me I might get greedy and go like. One cut down, one shield dread, no brotherhood's end. Um, just ho- hope, hope they get weeded out by the, by the field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So obviously, so our, our hierarchy is essentially Grixis at the top. And then, you know, we have options to kind of try and get underneath it and take advantage of the fact that they're kind of, you know, trying to one up each other in the, in the mid range mirrors. But what about on the other, the other side of things? Like what's going bigger than Grixis? Yeah, we mentioned it attracts you know, people trying to find the best attracts a shell. That's kind of what I've been doing a lot this week. 
I started with a, uh, a blue-white deck, splashing for Atraxa. I kind of white-based, you know, farmhand, lay down the arms, these kind of cards, and then playing blue for some negates and um, make this appear, as well as Memory Delusion, and then splashing Atraxa of the the trial lands and a few a few dual lands you know you get you can play celestos you can get treasures from bangbuster and and that was doing good for me for a while the the wheels kind of fell off in in the last day you know my record overall is still around 80 percent win rate but all these matches have been at platinum or diamond level ladder on arena Mm. i do feel like i was playing against reasonable decks and my opens were fine but who knows um so that was one of the decks. I saw a mono-white version, Eliad Dragon, um, and, you know, Eliad, the French streamer. He's been, he had, he had a version, very similar concept, but just mono-white was more triumphs and leyline binding, mm. um, maybe a little more consistent. Um, you know, one card I was liking in blue that I was trying to, to test is the, the Twilight, because the reasoning is it steals the Fable token in the early game, and it steals... Um, you know, it's really good against white. If you can seal an AO, you get uh, the AO, you get a copy. So you sack the, the main one and then you keep the copy. You get the trigger of the one that dies and they can't just get you as wandering, get it back. Um, so, so that's going to seal for a track side. You know, in the late game, you just steal a track side, get a copy, get the trigger. Yeah, um, I've, I've definitely been impressed when I've seen you cast that card in, in, uh, from your VODs. Yeah, it seems like... Is it, is it Entrancing Melody is the name of the original effect from uh, from Ixalan Blob? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good magic card. And the little bonus upside when you're stealing big things is it definitely doesn't go go astray. It's, definitely, it's, one of the, it's one of the incentives for being heavy blue. I, I find it, I was looking at your blue-white deck, and I just I think I would find it difficult to register a deck that doesn't contain Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Or the kind of powerful black cards, and uh, the blue white deck really does you know, make a compromise by not playing any of them. Yeah, now Fable is such a good card, and you know I, I try to respect it. I pl- I don't play this Dainful Stroke in the main. I play a bunch of Meg disappears in the gates. I play these Twilights. You know, Ossification helps, but and Fable still just yeah, it's just so good, it, and it will dominate the format until it rotates. Yeah, yeah and, and that Grixis deck just so efficient. You know, yeah. I, I feel like. You know, some games I, I have really good turns every turn. You know, I'll do a certification on a Fable token. I'll maybe steal something with a Twilight. I'll cast a Memory Deluge. I'll two for one, two for one. But they're the same, just more efficient. They have Fable, they have Bangbuster, they have Corpse Appraiser, they have cheap counters. Yeah, um, and they're dealing a little bit of damage to you on the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so, 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 you know, the, the matchup's not awful, but it didn't feel super, super great. And... um. The, the other decks I've seen, lots of, you know, there's the, the red-black attracts a deck that won a Magic Online Challenge that I've played a decent bit. It's basically red-black was for Cruelty of Gix, no Invoke Despair, and you play a few extra discard outlets. So the list that won the challenge had two Lily of the Veil, which is sometimes a card that gets laughed at, but honestly, that card was really good for me when I was playing against Grixis. It's it's always been pretty solid against Grixis, you know, if, if your opponent goes turn free Fable and you go turn free Liliana minus get your token, that's like not not too bad for for mirror and it, it lets you discard a Traxa, 
it um you know i added a, a couple big scores because not only like it lets you discard a track set but uh but it lets you cast a track set as well mm. and and that deck was was doing well it felt like it was favored against grixis and uh oh, i can imagine it goes over the top of grixis pretty effectively you know I mean, it the list looks well set up to draw you know about five cards off of the tracks or every time you cast every time it comes yeah. to play as well which is great i was really impressed by um it's something of geeks it's not it's not a Cru- geeks's command it's cruelty cruelty of geeks yeah right yeah the, the deck actually reminds me of this is a huge throwback almost 20 years now but it reminds me of solar flare from standard which is just kind of you know like this is kind of like 2015 kind of like trying to zombify angel of despairs in the kind of in like mid-range esper deck but you know you just you're doing a normal kind of mid-rangey thing you're you know you're two for one and you're playing the powerful cards but you've also got this kind of soft graveyard slow reanimator strategy that kind of lets you cheat cheat a big guy into play and yeah uh, cruelty of geeks is a good magic card uh, you know you can it's got the read ahead ability right so you can just do a fast zombify if you really absolutely have to or you can just put them in the in about into play on chapter one and you know yeah. do, uh, duress them tutor and then and then reanimate yeah yes you almost never go for chapter one Right. Okay. It's interesting. Just because it's too, you don't want to have to go chapter one and have to wait two turns to reanimate. And you know, against Grixis, a lot of time they just won't have a creature in hand. Mm. Obviously, if you're playing in a tracks and mirror, maybe it's a little different. But a lot of time you'll go, you know, um, pretty common line is especially against Grixis. What's cool is you go second one, you get an Atraxa if you have a blood token in play, especially, and then. Um, you know, if they invoke despair, then you have sometimes. I guess that was more was the John version. Uh, you know, I've been trying this this John version. It's basically funny. It's splashing green for scrap something gorger the the O three for a green and one that yeah taps. the the mana dork slash scavenging use thing. Yeah, it's sweet. It exiles cards, so it's pretty decent against corporate appraiser or maybe other attracts the deck. And uh, yeah, good against cruelty of gigs. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know, I was getting a, a lot of time. I was getting that spot where you get a Traxa, and then if they invoke despair, you you just hard cast it because they're just tapped out and they won't have mana to counter. And if they don't, if they don't do anything to curl to you. Just discard it to blood token in your upkeep, and they don't have a counterplay. Mm. Um, you know, they don't have an instance instant speed way to get rid of stuff in your graveyard or get rid of the cruelty. Do you, ever, so, do you ever find yourself making the play where you cruelty tutor for cruelty? Yeah, cruelty tutor for cruelty is pretty common. Sweet, that's, uh, go, that's like go, teachings for teachings. I, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, going straight for the third mode is pretty common. Yeah. Um, okay, so th- this deck won the challenge, and you, you you feel like it's got a pretty decent matchup head to head against Grixis, yeah? Yeah, I played Grixis six times. I, I ended up losing the last one because I like made multiple like onboard mistakes. But yeah, it was. Um, you know, I was a little skeptical. I was worried that they would just get me with counters, but I was I was able to um, to play around the counters. You have four duress in the main. I was going to say, yeah, there's four duress in that. Four main deck duress really good. Does really helps a lot. Like yeah, just poking holes in in in, in their, their their counter magic isn't particularly hard counter. Like, you know, make disappear is pretty bad bad card. Yeah, because you come on like decently fast, so they have to start keeping mana up, and you see their hand and. You have enough cheap spells that 
you can make their disdainful stroke look bad, play circles around them. Lily was also pretty good at at fighting their them trying to keep mana up. I don't know. Maybe my opponents were were misplaying or uh, yeah. not too sure. You know, well, I thought what? I would struggle against counters and siphon insights and. But uh, yeah, it was it was doing okay. You know, it's hard for them to always have it. That you get to a point where you can just hard cast a tracks as well. Um, yeah. Well, why don't we talk about a little bit Lily of the Veil? Because when it got spoiled, I think everyone was kind of like, "Wow, this is too much for standard." But and then after about two weeks, people were like, "This card's unplayable," <laughs> even though the formats revolve around mono black. And as usual, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, I actually remember when Lily was print printed the first time in Standard, and it was the sort of thing where you, yeah, maybe you play two or three copies in like one deck, and it was okay, but it didn't line up very well. I mean, at that point in time, Thrag Tusk was legal and all this sort of stuff, so there weren't there were lots of ways that it wasn't great, and, and didn't and didn't didn't actually pan out very well. And it seems like it's actually kind of in the same role here, where it's good but not great. Do you think it's un do you think it's kind of being uh, underrated or disrespected a bit at the moment? Nah. It's like medium. There's a, a lot of competition. You know, most of the black decks is just the Grixis deck, and you've got Fable, that's a better card. You've got Corpse Appraiser, that's probably a better card. And then you've got even like the Wandering Mind, that might be a better card. Hmm. So it's it, it's tough. Um, for do you think it's especially good in this black, this black Red Attraxa deck because of the synergy with, with Cruelty of Gix then? Yeah, I think what puts it over the top is is being able to uh, let you discard a track, so. Right, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I, I could believe that. So, so what, are, what, are, what are the other options? It seems like just playing straight out control is just not, not okay, right? It's tough. It's tough to play control against Bangbuster and Fable. Yeah, you sure, had something sure. slip and you're just so far behind. I mean, maybe there's like a, a build out there that's most likely relying on some some number of farewells that can be a pretty good card mm. um, but it's just so so tough to go to full control route without being tempted by bangbuster and some other permanents you know the the permanents are just pretty good yeah you know? yeah but so there's there's a couple of different white decks right and like yeah, you know, one of the cards that seems to me that is you know very powerful but doesn't doesn't see a huge amount of play is the wandering the wandering emperor, and you know to a lesser extent you've just, you've talked about about the six mana one from the latest set. But does the wandering emperor see any play at the moment? I was playing a bunch of copies in the blue white deck. I think you should play it in mono white. I think you should play it in pretty much any of your white decks. It's still a really good card. It's just not Grixis color, so maybe you don't see it as well. But yeah, right. You know, one of the deck people play to try and beat Grixis is. Uh, these white mid-range decks, uh, mostly Mardu, because you still get Bangbuster and Fable, so you're not giving up anything there. Mm -hmm. And then you have the top end of Annoying Creatures of Ao, the Angel, and the, the Six Drop, the Warden. Uh, the Wanderer is pretty good too. So as I said, white got a bunch of, of good cards, and maybe it's, maybe on, it's on par with Grixis, you know? I would have to still kind of see it to believe it. I still feel like if you figure out the right sideboard plan and, um, you know, I felt like if you uh, if you just brought in a bunch of counters and siphon insight, you were fine against the wide mid-range decks. And I wonder if it's not still still the case. 
yeah, it's just the sort of thing where you know maybe if you're catching people with a sideboard unprepared, the white deck looks better than it, than it might be against a prepared opponent. Yeah. Hmm. So, I guess like, what's your verdict overall at the moment? Are you enjoying the games? Like the game is the gameplay is the gameplay fun? I've been enjoying standard. I even liked it last time around when it's just like a lot of Grixis mirrors and stuff. I thought the Grixis were were pretty fun and interesting and figuring out the best sideboard strats. Um, and yeah, I've been I've been trying decks. I've been trying these Atraxa decks. I've played a, a bit of, of a regular Grixis. I haven't played any of the aggressive decks. I built a, a red-green deck today with Bangbuster, Fables, Crab Gorger, a Braid, um, and a, it's a Storm the Festival deck. So, you know, at two, you have a Braid, Bangbuster, and the Mana Creature. At three, you have Fable and the Vorak, limited all-star common Vorak, because just solid body blocks Fable token, Cruise Bangbuster gets you a land most of the time. Um, and then at four, I have... Your options at four and fives are not super great. The Elden Dragon War is kind of cool against Grixis. I... Um, you know, Can you gets, remind me of the text on the Elder Dragon War? Yeah, it's four mana saga. The first chapter is two damage to each creature and each opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know your your creatures besides Fable have free toughness. Yeah, and that's and, actually pretty pretty great against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're getting harvesters, Fable tokens, uh, Fable flipped. Um, you know, if you're playing against aggro creatures, pretty good. Then second chapter is discard draw, kind of a super Fable. Uh, oh, so it's, it's win, winds of change. Yeah, windfall or winds of change, and then the third one is get a four-four flying dragon. Okay, and you can read ahead. You can read ahead. Okay. Um, I'm playing Atsushi, which is you know solid against Invoke Despair. Um, I'm trying Jaya, that's probably like pretty medium, but there's not a ton of good impactful four drops. At five, I have some Ren and Sevens. I have the new Luka, and I have Mightstone and Weakstone, which is pretty cool because it kills. Shield Dread, it taps mana for Bangbuster. Um, so that card's been pretty solid for me. And then I have four Storm the Festival uh, as my as my top end. And um, I, I'm not sure about the deck. I only played three matches with it. I actually just, I was playing a match before the, the, the podcast. I, I beat Grixis this afternoon. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then just now I lost to Grixis. They had Soul Transfer for my Sushi. They had good draws was... You know counters for my storm the festival and um i feel like you're probably pretty weak to to you know the counters plus siphon insights strat after sideboard so my cards are really good and like i was really impressed by the elder dragon war just multiple times i got three or four creatures was it um so maybe i was just maybe i just lost because it's drawing poorly I, I think i'd like the two games i lost i just didn't have a a, a two drop so that, that that you know that can be enough to like you know the game goes maybe eight or ten turns but just not having that two drop on two is what set you behind in the first place and you're never quite able to recover from what i understand from the the last format that was a really big big factor is you know having a two drop both on the play and the draw was oh, yeah, super it was... important even though the format was really about trading resources and grinding the the kind of you know, it, it, it pretty much is tempo. It's a, a tempo, like an initiative advantage by having that pressure early and forcing your opponent to respond to that means that you get a little bit more leverage out of every other card. And is that that's still true in this format, you reckon? Yeah, if you're on the draw and you either didn't have a two drop or 
didn't have an untap plan for turn two. You know, you had that triumph plus slow land hand. Mm. Um, you you're probably supposed to mulligan. It, you don't. It doesn't happen that much anymore, just because of the fast lands. You know, it's right, something okay. I haven't even noticed in my games, just because fast lands mean, means you're just way less online. You know, people play more and more twos. They have like more braze removal, make disappears. It's it's hard not to have a two drop, and with the fast lands now, it's hard not to have. Yeah, yeah um, I guess the the the, ma- the major issue was that if you were on the draw and you didn't play a two drop, and they played a they played Fable. If you had to just play play a three drop to try and interact or block yeah. with block the token, they just get to untap and kill it with yeah. impunity. Yeah, I mean it's still true. It just because of the fast lands, it just doesn't happen. This hasn't often. come up quite as often. Okay, yeah. right. That's 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 a, a factor I hadn't really really thought about too much. All right, there's one other deck I was going to ask you about, and uh, it contains Talarian Terror. So, what is mono blue tempo deck or blue red even? Like the Haughty Gin, lots of cantrips, uh, slip out the back, a uh, few counter spells, a lot of bounce spells, and yeah. then yeah, it's, it's just basically a blue tempo deck. Yeah, I think the consensus is that deck's just not very good. Right. Um, just it's a pity. Maybe, it looks kind of nice on paper, but yeah, maybe if people just play poorly against it it's good but you know a lot of time just don't play your spells into their counter so they're not yep. filling up their graveyard their creatures don't get cheaper and the longer the, the game goes the more their counters get dead because they have a bunch of spell pierce and make disappear so yeah. and they don't seem particularly threat heavy either like they seem to this kind of this is like tolerant terrors and haughty gin and that's about it maybe they have legislator or something yeah sometimes sometimes they play delver um, oh, okay delver as well yeah i thought that card was legal they, they do get that new card the five mana well newish five mana card draw spell for you know you draw a card for each island and then you discard oh, okay. two so so that card's a little scary you know, if if your deck is really poorly positioned, if you have no very few instant speed removal, but people play a braid, go for the throat, sometimes edict, sometimes lily. Um, you know, you have the rest now. People are even playing more duress mm-hmm. in the main. That's probably not great for you. Yeah, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah, I, I just don't think the deck's. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I was just asking because I had finished uh, second and fourth in the in the Saturday challenge this weekend. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is decent. Maybe I'm not giving enough credit. Yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe not. The, that was that was the Saturday challenge that was won by um, Mono Red. Okay. Yeah. So there's actually like a lot of uh, the the top eight was like Mono Red, Mono Red, Mono Blue, Mono Blue, Azoria Soldiers, Azoria Soldiers, and then some Grixis decks. Oh wow. Yeah. And then this, then the next the Sunday was uh, with the Red Black Attraxa deck and. Yeah. So yeah, the, the mana scenes. Are, really really good at the moment like obviously there's triumphs there's um there's fast lands there's the um the reverse fast lands i suppose the ones that come into play untapped when you have the two other lands uh so it's just things that you can kind of do whatever you want and cast whatever you want um you know these kind of grixis decks are really greedy casting invoke despair but also you know having like blue red red and blue spells on turn two and turn three so are they kind of kind of complete five color decks going around i mean you were describing something with leyline binding before but it was mono white like is, is there anything where you just kind of pick the best card in every color and play it there is but i don't think these decks are very good because if you really want to play all five colors you have to play a million triomes and you just have lands that come into play 
tap too often, you fall behind. And, you know, binding helps you make up for that. Maybe a track and delayed game. I just think there's enough good cards if you just pick, you know, couple colors that there's no point in going totally crazy and playing, um, you know, all five. I think you could play like two and, and splash a track set. That's fine. But playing like kind of even five colors was a green two drop and drag to the bottom or whatnot. Yeah. It's it's probably probably not worth it. Yeah, I can believe that. So what way are you leaning for this tournament or in a week's time? I'm not sure. I'm going to play some more tomorrow. I'm going to play the Saturday challenge on Magic Online. I'm going to play oh, some sweet. Standard on Magic Online. That's my plan. Play and probably Pioneer on Sunday. Take a little break from Standard and then back to Standard. Right now, if I had an RC this weekend... I guess we should... Very hang on, hang on. Are we supposed to just call this Life on the Line? Yeah. Um, do, you have, do you have anything else you want to go about? Or can we, are we going to no, go I think I think I covered, let's see, talked about Blue White, talked about Mono White Splash Attracts, uh, the Junt, Junt version. The nice thing about the Junt version compared to the Ragdos, it was just much easier to to hard cast Attracts. So. Yeah, I, that, that is definitely something that I I noticed in that that Black Red deck where it's just, it really doesn't seem very easy to cast Attracts. So yeah. I go, but maybe that was you, just the mana base at, was bad. Maybe yeah. I mean, you're pointing out like, stuff like you know, big, you you you're adding big score to the deck, but like Celestis is another card that you know kind of floats around on the fringe of being really good in the in in the last couple of formats. And yeah, you know, it's a pretty impressive card, and that, that's good at getting you to attract mana and ramping you in the, into gigs. Yeah, I was I was saying mana was maybe bad because maybe you're supposed to play you know a dark slick shore two, and then you can play. You know, Battlefield Forge or Sundown Pass have you know a couple extra blue sources, a couple extra white sources, yeah. and then all of a sudden, maybe just up the one treasure you have attracts some mana. Yeah, so like zero like, basics, kind of. Yeah, just turn all your basics like, into dual lands. Yeah, yeah, this is like fine tuning, finding you know the right balance enough to maybe hard cast a Traxa, but you also don't want to lose game because you have an extra slow land or an extra fast land that comes into play tapped at the wrong time. Yeah. So so for instance, in the blue-white deck, I was playing the four Esper Triumphs and the four Band Triumphs. So that gave me, you know, a bit of blue, a bit of, or a bit of green, a bit of black. And then I added one blue-black slow land and one blue-green slow land. And um, yeah. so, you know, that's like, but um, yeah, anyways. Yeah, it's it's hard to get that, hard to get that right. Yeah. I can imagine. Right. So should we put our life on the line? Yeah, let's go. Alright, so for those of you who are new here, uh, Life on the Line is a theoretical tournament that's happening tomorrow. If you win, you live. If you lose, you die. And we're going to bring a deck from every format we've talked about today. So we're going to talk about Modern Pioneer and Stand in particular. Uh, so, yeah, what are you going to bring in Modern? And For Modern, you're not my allowed heart... To, not allowed to play Walls. My, if I'm not... I was going to say my heart would... Go with Arcades, my head, maybe just creativity. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to play Murktide because I think that deck's still really, really good and I'm still really enjoying playing it. Uh, what about Pioneer? Are we both going to play Blue Black? Yeah, I'm, I'm just playing Absolutely. Blue Black. I mean, I'm literally playing Blue Black in the Sunday Challenge. Yeah, I, game, I yeah. think I'm going to try uh, Twilight, the Blue Twilight, see if that helps a bit against mm -hmm. Ragdos. Yeah, I can imagine that. That, that that's something they can they could see a bit of play. All right, yeah, I'm I'm definitely on blue black as well, and I really like Shielded Edict, so I'm gonna play lots of copies of it. Yeah. All right, so now now the now the, the actual difficult decision. What what are you gonna do in standard? 
If the tournament was tomorrow, I mean, I, I would. I think I only played three or four matches with it. I played like the least of any decks, but I think that Junt, that Junt version of that Ragdos splash green splash attracts. Uh, yeah, uh, I've liked it. It's felt good. The green cards have felt good. The mana, you know, um, yeah. I actually got paired on the ladder. It was cool. I got paired against like kind of stuck Grixis, except they were playing the the mirror. It's so it's the two one toxic one for two. Oh, the you get a land. No, no, no. The one that taps for mana. You pay two oh, life. Okay. You tap for mana, and yeah, they were going that turn two, turn three, shield red, or that that card was pretty solid for them. So that's that's interesting. But yeah, I think I would I would go with that jaunt attracts that cruelty of gigs version. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely going to be in the cruelty of gigs attracts camp. Uh, I think I'd probably just kind of stick to red black and try and update the mana base so that I could could realistically cast my my big my big attracts just with seven lands in play more reliably. But yeah, I think that deck's kind of good enough against Grixis that I, I would would take it to this tournament. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the mana really worked for me. Maybe I, I got a little lucky, but I don't. I think the mana is pretty sound, and that that green two drop was just really really good. Yeah, actually, I I was watching it a little bit today, and that was it was very impressive. And if people are gonna, you know, do what we're doing and start bringing reanimated decks, basically having access to that might just be the thing that puts you over the top. Well, that's that. I guess uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. So thanks for, you know, thanks for sticking with us. We've got, you know, we're gonna be back again next week, and you know, I guess we're just gonna free form it for a little while while we figure out what's going on. Is that right? Yeah. We have to see what, what Harry wants to do and what we want to do, but I, I'd like to keep do, doing the, the podcast and, uh, you know, just kind of keep talking about kind of also not at the Pro Tourist back and yeah, exactly, it went yeah. well and, you know, uh, just <laughs> yeah. still still keep doing what we're doing, talk about yeah. competitive magic and stuff. Yeah, abso- absolutely. No, I'm, I, I'm with you as well. So, you know, you should expect to see at least Gab and I uh, on a pretty regular basis from this time going forward. And sorry, it's been kind of patchy over the last couple of months yeah. since Christmas, uh, but we will be back on a regular or semi-regular schedule going forward. And thanks for sticking around um, and listening this far. So in as is tradition, Gab, where can we find you on the internet? Yes, streaming, uh, twitch.tv slash yellowhat. I'm, I'm pretty open for this round anyways, just pretty much streaming my testing online and not going to be keeping any any big secrets um so yeah all right well you can find uh harry on the internet at, at harry mtg you can find his youtube uh there yeah. you, you should go yes. and contribute be one of one million views per month as you just killing videos. it on youtube yeah just great a... videos great editing whether you're you even care about the decks and the formats he's talking about they're just yeah. really well made and i, li- I literally watch. don't care about any of the things that he does and i still watch his videos so yeah go 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 give harry some some more views um he's crushing it and you can find me i uh, you can't find me i'm invisible impossible to find <laughs> you can find me on the internet again underscore smart you know mostly on twitter or you can say hi to me in magic online chat if i log in anyway yeah. thanks for sticking thanks for listening this far and we'll see you next week Yeah, as always, thanks uh, if you made it this far. Have a great week, and I'll see you all uh, next time. Take care. Peace.